Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chart brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. And this is episode 114. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. This week, our cookery writer Adam talks to Gus and Kathy from Arepa & Co in East London to learn all about Venezuelan food, and in particular, their speciality, the Arepa, a delicious Venezuelan street food snack. But first up, I went to visit one of our favourite chefs, Selin Kiazim, to find out all about her new restaurant and her particularly unique take on Turkish Cypriot food, including lots of melted cheese chat. Let's have a listen. So I'm here today with Selen Kiazim, who is cookbook author and chef director at Akalova and Kazeri, um, her new restaurant, which is in Fitzrovia in London. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. Thank you very much. Um, so I wanted to get started um, just by asking you, like, how you, what your kind of journey in cooking, how you got into it. Was it something you were always into? I remember from quite a young age getting into cooking. So I think I was like... 11, 12, I okay. want to say, yeah, or 12, 13, perhaps. But um, I, I always say one of the first, well, the first cooking program I started watching was Ready, Steady, Cook. Oh, really? From back in the day, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I used to religiously watch it every day. And that and that was like I was waiting for some kind of kids program to be on or something, yeah. and, then, and then that popped up. And I just got really into it. Um, and then before I knew it, I was watching all sorts of programs. And then... So you, it was like the TV was like the medium into which you were... Yeah, yeah it kind of really it was, just got me into it. And I mean, I love food anyway, growing yeah. up in a, you know, a Mediterranean household. You yeah. Know, um, and long, hot summers in Cyprus and stuff. And yeah. Grandmother's cooking, then it was definitely a big, like, foodie kind of family. And um, so it was just like a natural... It was a natural thing, it seemed. And, and uh, before I knew it, I was kind of cooking for like groups of 10 friends or something and really? throwing my parents out on a Saturday night <laughs> and um, cooking like a three-course meal and um, and they would obviously absolutely love it. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, well, whatever, you know, just cooking a little bit of food, whatever I've seen on the TV. And then it kind of just progressed and progressed and and um, and then just like absolutely fell in love with it. Um, really? But I was scared to get sort of, well, I was scared to go and study it or to kind of, even get into the industry because I think it was the perception of the industry of like you know lots of angry chefs kind of yeah. shouting at you and 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 not having a social life and 
and all that kind of like yeah, you have to make sacrifices. Yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice involved in it. Yeah, as well. there, there there are, and, um, and you have to start at a very 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 low level where you yeah. might just be washing yeah. dishes. Or exactly, and it's kind of like you think to yourself, well, why would I do that to myself? Yeah. And so I was um, studied. Uh, well, the other thing that I was good at at school a little bit, uh, sort of art and design. Yeah. So I was kind of doing that for a bit, and I did an art foundation, and but in that year, I just thought no. This is really, and I have to, I have to, you know, like follow what my passion is, and with encouragement from friends as well at that time. Um, I just thought, right, I'll just enroll into college, and I found that Westminster Kingsway College just had like the best reputation, and like Jamie Oliver had been there. So, um, uh, yeah, enrolled in there, and then I think it was like two weeks into that, I thought, yeah. I oh, found, really? I found my calling. Here That's we go. Good. It's good that you didn't go to college and think, oh my God, what have I no, done? No, 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 quite the opposite. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely loved it. And actually, the more I was there, because yeah. even going there, I was kind of almost taking baby steps in my head and then being like, well, you know, I don't need to go work in restaurants. I don't need to go into hotels. I can go into catering or perhaps something that's not as demanding as maybe, you know, demanding in a different way than, yeah. what, than what a restaurant environment is. And But then, you know, did, did a... You get to do restaurant services there, um, and oh, also so you get like to try yeah out. functions, and then you go and do work experience and things like that. And actually, yes, you do make a lot of sacrifices, but like being a part of a kitchen team is like a really amazing thing. So it teaches you that teamwork thing. Yeah, as well. it really does. It and really even does. though you like you'd spend a lot of your childhood cooking and being self-taught and cooking for friends, did you find like the discipline quite different of? been at college and having to do the same things kind of um you know. yeah i mean it's very different it's yeah. in, in the sense that you you have to go and you have to look sharp and yeah. it's like <laughs> if your necktie is out of place you get told <laughs> off and you have to always wear your hat and have your you know your clothes ironed mm. and as you always should <laughs> but um yeah you kind of got you know you got you got told off for it definitely if you if you weren't in line but um also just kind of thrived on it once i got going because yeah. it was the first thing I think that actually I got like a lot of praise for it. Yeah, and you were good at it. And yeah, you, and yeah, I was really good at it. And I was like, oh, really this is really nice. Yeah. This is unusual. You're getting top marks all the time. Yeah, That's so, always um, encouraging. So that was always really good. <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then you, you was was your first job working with Peter Gordon? Because I know that you went to work for him. Yeah. So, and that was your first job in the... Yeah. That's yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty lucky. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he's, yeah. he's such a dude. Yeah, he is an absolute dude, an absolute <laughs> food hero. Yeah. He's, um, he's amazing. Uh, yes, I always count myself incredibly lucky that that was... Um, we don't normally have this music. <laughs> yeah, we, you weren't going to hear it. It's <laughs> got a uh, jazz, jazz band in the background now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I did this uh, competition called New Zealand UK Link, which doesn't exist oh, anymore. Okay. Um, and through that, Peter was like the like chair of the judges. Yeah. It was kind of his baby. And uh, I met him doing that. And uh, lucky for me, I won it. And so I got to go on this amazing trip to New Zealand for five weeks and travel around and work in some different restaurants. And one of them being his restaurant there at the time, um, Dine. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I got chatting to him there and he was like, what are you going to do after college? And I was like, well, you know, I'm looking for a job. Do you have anything at your (laughs) London restaurant? And he was like, yeah, come along and try it out. And yeah, the the amazing thing was there was, he was also like, not like come and trial to see if you're good enough. It was almost like, just, he said, come and check it out because he said, he was like, it's really different from here. Oh, really? And it was because that, that restaurant was in a hotel kitchen and it was nice and spacious and like a little bit more 
chilled, I would say, whereas like Provador's is incredible, but it's this little basement kitchen with yes, all these nooks and crannies totally. and it's like from the moment that the doors open, there's like a queue outside the door and you get pounded all day long and it's, um, it's, quite, it's quite the atmosphere. But, I mean, so incredible because I learned such a vast amount working really? for him um, and I spent my whole career really with him between, between the Provadors and then yeah. moving on eventually to Kapapa, which Kapapa sort of wasn't was in the plans, yeah. but then it ended up working out that way and I had my senior positions there as sous chef and head chef and... Mm. Um, so yeah, I learned I learned everything through through Peter and through the people that work for Peter as well. And do you think he changed the way that you thought about food because he brings a lot of his own kind of heritage and his kind of yeah, but yeah, he, he definitely teaches you to just um, uh, it's like be personality really, isn't it? Bring your personality yeah, to the bring your in. personality, but also be completely fearless in 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 the cooking and. Um, he would say, right, we're going to do this. And he put something in front of you and you're just like, how is this dish going to work? Oh, yeah. That... And then you put it in your mouth and you're like, oh, my God, how have you done this? And like complete flavour explosions yeah. in your mouth. And and that's like, that's, uh, well, I've developed my own style now, but that's how very much, you know, I always enjoy cooking myself. It's about all the textures and flavour variations Ooh. and kind of making someone's just like mouth explode with flavours, basically, yeah. you know. Um there's no subtle... There, there can be subtlety to it. I don't want to say it like that. It's just, like, smacks you around the face all the time. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, it's really intelligent cooking. Yeah. Really you intelligent cooking. You kind of remember cooking. everything. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a memorable dining experience, you yeah. know. Um, and he's just so knowledgeable. And, and not only that, it's, the food is one thing, but just the way that he runs the kitchen and, and that passes through the, 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 the head chefs and the sous chefs and, and then the senior team and all the way down to the the you know the kp that works in the kitchen okay. or the kps even that you know works in the kitchen that there's a ethos and like a real a real like teamwork ethic yeah. and a real like respecting each person as completely equal Absolutely. and um because you you're all just working to the same goal aren't you which is exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, you, and you know with him he obviously attracted like quite a lot of Kiwis and Aussies, and so you get to meet people <laughs> from the other side of the world, and like there was a really good laugh, and um, it was just it was just so much fun yeah. like working there. It really was, yeah. So when did you start getting that? You know, waking up in the middle of the night and thinking, I want to do my thing. It's my thing next. When did that start um, <laughs> forming in your head? I mean, I guess by the time I was like leaving college, I was sure that I wanted to work in restaurants, yeah, and then. But I was also, I think, going into Provadors, I went in with the mindset of, like, um, not to the point where, like, okay, I'm going to do this for a year and then I'm going to go and do this or whatever, but I had certain goals and I wanted to learn as fast as I could and and be as good as I could. Like, I was kind of almost impatient about yeah. it. Um, <laughs> what I could have probably done was slowing down. But, um, but you know... I am still obsessive, but in, even then, I, back then, I was even more obsessive about food. And I'd do my shifts, and then at like one o'clock in the morning, when I got home or something, I'd sit there and read cookbooks, and wow. then and then go to sleep, and then <laughs> get up the next day and go You're to the work. Classic obsessive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really am because because it's just such a desire and hunger yeah. to like to learn. But also, I was like, I know I want to do my own thing, and yeah. and that was the great thing about working. Well, one of the great things of working with pizza is you get to learn about ingredients from all over the world. So for a while, I was like, oh, maybe I'll cook the food of this country or that country <laughs> or whatever. And then, and then, 
as time went on, that kind of desire became more and more. And, and so I, um, it was really, though, when I left Kapapa after Ooh. having the head chef position there, uh, which I did for just over a year, and it was kind of when pop-ups were, like, really kicking off then. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's people, you know, going and just trying this out, and, and you know, you can... It, by no means did I go into it thinking it would be easy, but no. I thought, well, let me go and... Let me go and test out this, like, like wanting to do yeah. this Turkish food. Space to experiment, yeah. you know, without and having to throw all your money into it. Right, and I, and I thought, you know, with the with all sorts of um, food that you can find out in London, yeah. and I always use um, Martin Morales and, and uh, Peruvian food as an example oh, yeah. of how, you know, some years back, I guess, that people were, wouldn't have really known anything about Peruvian exactly. food, and, yeah. and, and now it's like, you know, he's done so well... Um, for Peruvian food in London, yeah, people like him and others like really inspired me to go. Well, actually, no one knows anything about Turkish food. No. What do they know? Like <laughs> the, the the communities, which are which are great communities, who've got all these Turkish restaurants. Yeah, you know, down Green Lanes in yeah, Herringay, yeah. and you get delicious grilled meats, lots of mezzes, yep. amazing flatbreads. Everyone loves it, right? And but I was like, there's so much more to it. To and it, there's yeah. so much more to, like, Cypriot food, where my family's yeah. from as well. And I was like, I want to put this out there. Like, And I've only ever worked in London, and I had this classical French training, and I thought, I can do something <laughs> funky with this. Like, <laughs> put the two together. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of left without knowing what I was going to kind of do and just tried to started emailing like as many people as I could to just be like hey can I use your restaurant to <laughs> to, to, to do a pop-up and yeah. I got lucky with some things and did um a few you know weekend pop-ups here and there and um a residency at Trip Kitchen when that just opened oh yeah um in Haggerston which was the first like arch there now there's like a whole row of shops yeah. and um, restaurants but that was the first one that opened there and uh, that was a big challenge, and then uh, and then continue to all the time be working on a business plan and developing what I really yeah. wanted this like first restaurant to look like. Um, along the way, met my business partner Laura as well, and then uh, kind of ended up with the last pop up residency thing being at Carousel, which was incredible. Oh, yeah. You know, in Marlebone, and um, they're a really they're a really great bunch there as well, and I just got great exposure from it, and that was I think the the first first time as well that I got to cook like a menu which uh I could use the charcoal grill element too because I knew that I wanted that to be a big feature yeah and they had this charcoal grill there and um so it was like quite a big element to my menu and um and I just felt like okay this is it like I found <laughs> I, I found it like what what is exactly that I want to be cooking what I want to be doing and then from then on, it was just like, it was still quite a while after that that I opened Doc Lover, but yeah. um, it was, I was well on my way, I guess, to to getting there. And when you opened Doc Lover, you had so many great reviews, didn't you? I mean, it was just, <laughs> I mean, you did. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Um, we did, and it was, uh, you know, it's something that I can actually look back now and appreciate a yeah. lot more, as at the time, obviously, you're just in the thick of it, and it's like, Everything has just been working towards, like, my whole life was just there in front of me. And it's, like, before yeah. I knew it, it's night one. Um, and you have a row of tickets and it's just, like, okay, go, go, go. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but then as soon as the reviews and even just, like, the feedback from the customers. And that's the thing, the particularly great thing about Oklahoma as well. It has this open kitchen and the yeah, customers are right there that. in front of you. And 
and they can see it and they the can see it. And the they can see it, but they can, you can also yeah. hear them when they're eating, yeah. and they're like, "Wow, this is great! This is amazing!" And I'm like, "It's just like a warm feeling in your, you know, yeah. in your heart. Like, okay, I'm doing yeah, it right." One of the dishes there, I think we've actually got a recipe for it online because you you did it in our chef's table feature as mm. your like chili chicken. Chicken oh yeah. Crack. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was called. That was yeah. the nickname that the I was given because it chili, was chili glazed chicken yeah, with the zaatar crumb. Incredible, yeah, yeah, with that crumb on it. Yeah, yeah and yeah. people used to just queue up to get that. I think. Didn't yeah. They? <laughs> well, yeah, definitely became a, a big um, yeah. standout dish, um, and uh, yeah, still comes back round every every year back onto the menu. Yeah, and, do you just change the menu up now and again just to kind of? Yeah, because, I mean, we're nearly approaching <clears throat> uh, three years in autumn that we would have been open and. Um, um, now we have like a backlog of dishes basically yeah. like that stuff that we can bring around in the seasons and even mm. still like um, just in this last week I've just changed the format of the menu but just literally the way that it looks I mean the same, same dishes are on there but I kind of wanted to give myself but also like you know I have a, a great head chef and sous chef there Anna and Nick and they um, I want to give them the flexibility mm. the same as how when I was at the Providors or Co-Papa, yeah, you got I was able chance. to, you know, put on dishes with the guidance of Peter yeah. or whoever was the head chef there. Then, you know, I want them to be able to do that as well yeah. because it keeps them interested and it's all just great to, like, share ideas and, you know, develop yeah. stuff with them. So, um, so we're kind of moving into that phase now as well. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the idea about opening this place? Uh, so Kaiseri is inspired by the, <laughs> the region of Kayseri in right, central okay. Turkey. So central um, Turkey. Central Turkey. Right, okay. Pretty much bang in the centre. Yeah, yeah. um, there's two really famous things that come from the region of Kayseri. One is uh, pasturma, which is a cured uh, beef, a bit oh, like yeah. brusola. Yeah, I tried that on Friday. Which is, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. It, the flavour is so you. strong as well. But I mean, yeah. in the, like it's like super umami, beefy yeah. kind of. Yeah. But you cure it with spices as well well no it's just it's just cured with salt and then oh, on, around the outside it's got chemin and that's where it's like chemin is this insane mix of fenugreek garlic, oh yeah so paprika, that's just, cumin. wow and that's just around the outside just around the outside but it's it's so <laughs> strong and like yeah. powerful yeah it kind of does wild things to me yeah. <laughs> like uh, you know and you slice it nice and thin really thin yeah and uh and yeah and so that's one of the things yeah. and uh, and and I always grew up sort of eating that or trying to find the good version. You don't get, <laughs> you don't tend to get very good versions of it over here in London, but in Cyprus you can get good ones. Um, and it's just something that I really adored. And I think across both menus, I just try and like mm. it stems a lot of the dishes from just things that I love to eat, and then I do my version of it. So did you like go back to because. Obviously, that's a cured, a cured meat. So, mm. did you go and learn how to do charcuterie, or was it just something that you kind of knew? Is it is nah, it quite a simple process, or uh, it, it's many hours of internet research? <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to. Uh, I've had we've had a couple of trips to Istanbul and yeah. just lots of eating and drinking and um, just absorbing atmosphere yeah. and getting inspiration and stuff, but. Um, and there's things that, you know, just over yeah. the years that I've eaten or tried or cooked or whatever, but that I just kind of bank in my head and then the time comes for it. Mm. But um, that was one of those things that I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this, gonna it has to be really own. good. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I had, you know, I was saying I was going to do it for ages. And then the closer and closer it got to the restaurant opening, <laughs> I was like, I should really try and make some. So I made it. And, um, and I was like, oh, 
So she's quite good. <laughs> so um, I got a bit lucky with that one, I think. <laughs> and then the other the other dish from Kaiseri is um, manta, which are um, uh, the little dumplings. The little things. dumplings. So uh, here we make them quite big, um, yeah. but in in the region of Kaiseri they make them like really yeah, they're small. Tiny, they're, li- yeah. they're really tiny. Apparently they? Like, you can like fit mini- forty on a spoon if they're really well made. Oh wow! But but then that's more dough than filling, and yeah, I don't like it. Because I, I don't quite like, like that way. The, the size that you've got, yeah. Matt. Because it's just a, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's either two small mouthfuls or one big mouthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I wanted to really, you know, with the filling, the traditional filling is just beef mince, onion, parsley, yeah. and maybe maybe some spices, but depending, I guess, on who's making it. Mm. But mine's also got some fennel seed in there and sour yeah. cherries. And dried sour cherries. And so I really wanted, you know, if you don't put enough of it in there, then you're not going to be able to taste it. So I wanted that to be a problem. And you've got this incredible sauce as well, which is, it's kind of creamy, but then there's tomatoey and then there's... Yeah, so there's one sauce, which is the yogurt cream sauce. So traditionally Turkish pasta served, um, not always, but a lot of the time with uh, just a garlic yogurt. So it'd be like a thinned out yogurt with raw garlic, which is delicious. But I developed that into more of a cream sauce, so with like lots of caramelized shallots yeah. and garlic and thyme and white wine and stuff in there, and then finish it with the yogurt, so you get like a nice sourness to it. And then the um, tomato chili butter is just oh my God. something that we just <laughs> pour lots of lots of butter into, yeah, but also like lots of love into it by cooking it. It's practically pretty all luxurious. Day. <laughs> yeah, and you've got some kind of this. Um, I think we had the going to pronounce this wrong i know tulum cheese as well tulum yeah tulum. No, no, oh no, sorry great because <laughs> <laughs> i like that the turkish cheeses yeah. like run through the menu quite a lot as well don't they we had like a baked baked cheese dish the, a little... the black sea fondue yeah, yeah the black sea fondue yeah 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 um yeah i mean the the tulum goes on uh, the other pasta that we have which is the edishta which is like a broken tagliatelle yeah um uh yeah tulum is one of those cheeses that i actually discovered um, so I either, I either, you know, through visits to Turkey looking for inspiration or also just, like, walk around Turkish shops endlessly <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking for new things and being like, oh, what's this? Um, so I think I found that on one of my wonders. And um, the thing is, like, it's, it's a little bit difficult in the UK to get uh, really good Turkish cheese. Yeah. Obviously, it's not a part of the EU, and whereas with, like, Spanish and Italian cheeses and or cured meats and things yeah, you can, can get, get kind of off. like just as good quality over mm. here. We, you know, don't quite have that luxury, so hence why I'm making my own. Oh, so you're making your own? No, 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 no. Okay. We're making my own Kaiseri pasta. All right, no, okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm not making my own cheese. I don't have enough I room to do that. I thought that would be that. the next step. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so, but the, the tulum, there's, yeah. there's few cheeses which I think are really, like, great quality, and this tulum is, like, really... Sour and tangy, yeah. really crumbly. It's really and I think exceptional it's just really cheese. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of like nothing I've come across before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think everyone who tries it is just like quite surprised by it and like yeah. very very intriguing cheese. Um, so there's that, and then the the black sea fondue that we do is from the so from the black sea region, and we do our version of it. Um, but it's basically like cornmeal um, cooked out with uh, they, they use a specific cheese in that region, which actually. 
Uh, I don't actually know the, quite the name of. I use I use the alternative one, okay. which I can get hold of, which is called <laughs> Chechil, which is a bit like it's basically like a stringy cheese. Yeah, it's really stringy String, when you yeah, pull it out. String yeah, stringy cheese, uh, like a mozzarella. <laughs> yeah. So I, I put mozzarella and the stringy cheese, and then it's with the corn meal, and then, you know it's finished with um, a little bit of honey for a touch oh, of sweetness. Super oozy. And then I ooze, uh, ooze that. <laughs> <laughs> you can I, use it. I ooze that. <laughs> that gets oozy with. Um, Oh, I serve halloum- it with the 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 helum, so he- helum yeah. being uh, halloumi, which yeah. is really Cypriot. Yeah. So I, I kind of like so taking both sides. Of of it. Yeah, I like to bring in like both angles of it. And have you um, have your parents, your grand? Yeah, I know you talked about your grandma. Have they mm-hmm. tried your cooking? Or have they come? Grandmother, here to- unfortunately, she's she's still going bless her, but she's I think she's eighty oh. eighty seven now <laughs> in in, uh, in Cyprus, and so she's she's not, probably not going to be. Yeah, she's yeah. not getting on a plane anytime soon. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I actually remember probably the last time that she came over, I must have been 13, 14 right. perhaps. And um, I remember cooking her this chicken dish. Yeah. I think in like a tomato sauce or something Italian, <laughs> I think. <laughs> she probably found Just really throw, random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but my mum my mom comes, has been quite a few times to, to both yeah. restaurants and she loves it. She Does loves, she? She loves flaunting her daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Does she? That's my daughter. When yeah. You get yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm her mum. And um, what are you going to do next? What's next? Not that I'm next. rushing you into it. You know, no. you just opened the restaurant. Or... Yeah. Uh, next is really just just getting this place. Yeah, kind just of... really, you know, continuing to establish both restaurants. I mean, establish yeah. this one more, but also just get both restaurants really grounded. Um, functioning really well as businesses getting good teams in place you know i yeah. do have good teams but it's hard it's hard to keep hold of people as well yeah. as we all know the chef shortage or whatever you want to call it um you know it's hard it's hard to get fine people and and i have some really great people you know running the both kitchens and i really want to keep developing yeah. them and and developing my relationship with them and really like you know i'd i'd hate for for either one of the restaurants to kind of lose the quality of what they're doing yeah. or like, you know, the standard of what they're doing. So I'm, I'm trying to split my time in between the two restaurants and, and keep developing new food and bringing new flavours. Yeah, keep and flying that flag for the Turkish yeah. Cypriot kind of acid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us today. Um, Pleasure. Learnt a lot. Um, I'm now starving. <laughs> <laughs> Speak soon. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Kathy and Gus, who are the co-owners of uh, A Repper & Co, uh, which have two re- now two restaurants in East London selling uh, Venezuelan food. So could you tell us about how uh, A Repper & Co sort of came about? Because it's quite an interesting story. Obviously, you, I think you were doing street food originally. Yes, Alan. Uh, we started in a little market stall in Camden a few years ago. Um, after many years of trading and becoming a little bit popular, we decided to open our first venue in Hagerstone. That was about five years ago. Then everything went as planned, and we decided to. Uh, we saw this as an opportunity in Bethan Green, and we decided to open the second the second venue. Yeah, cool. So business obviously going well then. But yes, well, well, well is always a relative term, but yeah. uh, we we believe the whole concept has a lot of potential. And it, and it fits into the food, uh, the London food scene. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be there's a lot of uh, interest now in um, Venezuelan food, particularly arepas, that you do see them around on different menus. Um, could you tell us what an arepa is? Like? Well, arepa is uh, the typical Venezuelan bread. Yeah. And it's made out of corn. Um, 
and this is something that we eat from the first childhood memory. Yeah, you know? right. This is what you remember the most. And it's always eating, you know, even breakfast, lunch, dinner, like a snack or, or, or supplementary to something, yeah, you know, right. like a soup or... Right, right. So they're not always... Because obviously the only way I've seen them is sort of split in half and then filled with like delicious pulled pork or the pulled beef. But they're also just like a bread that you sort of can break in and like scoop things out and dip into soup or... Yes, definitely. Some some parts of the country, they they treat the bread as, as you mentioned. But uh, the most typical uh, way is to uh, cut it in half and put different combination of fillings. Yeah, so it's like the Venezuelan sandwich almost. Totally. That Honestly, is what every Venezuelan knows. It's, it is so delicious as well because it's, it's made from corn flour. Yes, so it's corn, corn flour, yes. Yeah, so maize. Um, and that's really important to Venezuelan food, isn't it? The, like, the maize element. Because when I came to eat a few weeks ago, it seemed to be there was an element of maize or corn on the menu all the way through, even desserts. I mean, is that really important in, in Venezuelan food? Um, p- perhaps, but uh, we thought an opportunity to um, explode the, uses, yeah, uh, yeah. the usage of the, the corn. Um, and it fits very well with you know, all the ingredients that the Venezuelan cuisine have. I guess we decided to go all the way from top to bottom in the yeah, menu yeah, yeah. with a maize or corn. So tell me, what would be on like an average Venezuelan plate of food? Like what are the things that are always there? Like is it rice, is it beans, plantain? That's what I sort of thought when I came. Yes, um, I think we, we have to mention now the, uh, the, the Venezuelan dish, mm. which is based on white rice, mm-hmm. the black beans, mm-hmm. shredded beef, uh, plantains and also if you want to go a step ahead sometimes you put on, on a fried egg on top a fried egg on top yeah this is when you when you're very hungry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. When you, you have a hungry. crave for a big big meal uh by the way it's delicious you know, no, I the, bet, whole, I bet. the whole combination it just fits well yeah no I, well i had something similar when i came to eat and it was truly delicious it all seems quite um filling like nourishing food is that is that quite common with venezuelan food it's all like quite yes it's it's always you have the, the i think the feeling of fulfilling your tummy yeah, with, yeah. With something oh, you, i don't think you'll ever be you won't go hungry after a venezuelan uh, meal. no unlikely no unlikely you know it, it it is a hot country but the food tend to be quite you know but yeah also the, uh, the venezuelan food even though it, it seems quite heavy mm-hmm. um it's you could say it's healthy. I mean, we cooked everything from, from scratch. Yeah, yeah. The black beans, many hours in the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, the shredded beef from scratch, plantains. Um, cassava, we also use loads of cassava. And it's like we boil it. We Actually, we start from peeling, we boil it. Mm-hmm. Everything is cooked, like, in, in-house. in-house. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, so there's no additives, there's nothing bad, but it's just all good things cooked by you guys yes. with love, I think is important. And just, yes. yeah, then that really comes across in the food. And what about, so there's, you have to sort of, a repas is the other, but the cachapas, can you tell us a bit about, uh, am I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but. <laughs> yeah, so we also have the cachapas, which are sweet corn pancake. We, we call, when we explain them to the customers, it's like, well, it's similar to a crepe, we put mm-hmm. toppings, uh, imagine a pancake, but it's made of sweet corn. So basically, we have people who really love them because you mix sweet with savory. Yeah, right. Um, and it's a really lovely combination. Yeah, yeah, because I, I had that when I came in and it was so delicious. It's like, fl- like the fluffiest pancake with really nice little nuggets of sweet corn in it. And yes. it was just perfect with the beef and, uh, and, the, and the beans as well. It was really, really nice. Um, 
Could you tell me what sort of sets Venezuelan food apart from its neighbours? Like, does it have anything that really differentiates, or is it like, is it is it quite similar to the to its neighbours? The, the main ingredients or the bases, you know, like plantains, beans, and obviously the different type of meats, are, I suppose, are similar. But what really makes a difference in between among us is that we have the arepas or the cumbre oh, okay, right. and the cachapas or cumpanque. They might have similar stuff, but yeah. we are very distinctive in the way that we cook them, we open with the fillings. Mm-hmm. Colombians have uh, similar um, items. We get loads of Colombian customers, which they come and say, well, you know, arepas are Colombian, but actually uh, arepas, Venezuelan way, they're much better, but don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. They really love col- uh, Venezuelan arepas oh, because you cool. stuff them, they have all the flavors, they use them as a topping. So when you have toppings, it's different. You don't bite every single thing. Mm-hmm. When you have them filled, it's like all the juices and all the flavors all together. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, it, honestly, you have to try it. If you've not tried it, you have to try it because it is so delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the repas, do you always have to grill them or can you steam them or fry them or is it because I traditionally... There's so many ways to do them. Like there's so many ways. If you do them at home, you can just go easy way, pan, Mm -hmm. and then in the toaster. Uh, You can even put them in the oven. There's also some people that they boil the repas and then they put them in the oven. Like like what we would call like dumplings, like like soft dumplings on top of a stew type thing, yeah. Yes, and then there's also those who fry them, which are amazing, super tasty. Yeah, I bet. Everything fries good. Yes, everything fries (laughs) good. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes, but we we try to keep them away from the menu because it's like, okay, you have all the the rest of fried stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell uh, everyone about how you guys met? Because it's quite a nice story, isn't it? I know you're, you two are looking lovingly at each other like, oh, God, do we have to really do this? But I, 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 think, I think everyone deserves to know how you guys met. Oh, no, definitely. It, it, was, um, it, was a, it, it is a really nice story. Um, excuse me. I was, I was working on the Camden store, mm-hmm. and I saw this pretty, you know, brown lady around, and I thought, wow, you know... <laughs> She looks beautiful. But anyway, she came to me like, uh, and, I, and I wanted to be helpful. Say, hey, sorry, what are you looking for? Because I thought she was looking something. Um, she just turned around and saw my jumper, says, arepas. Say, oh, you. Say, wow, that's, that's good. <laughs> but anyway, um, we were not open yet for trading. She said, well, you know, I'm sorry, you know, we opened at 12, but I'm yeah, yeah. more than happy you to come back. I said, oh, no, I have to leave. I have to work. Fine. And, and a month after, I saw her in actually in a Venezuelan party. And well, anyway, the rest is history. The rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> she did everything on her own. The, the, <laughs> yeah. Everything, everything started with, a, with an arepa. Craving for an arepa, craving yeah. for my food. And then I saw this. It just so happened there was a guy. handsome, lovely man that was selling them too. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. How wow. can I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> so is, are there other Venezuelan restaurants in London as well you guys like? It yes. seems like you guys are the, well, the main ones that I know of, anyway. No, no, there is other places, you know, um, doing Venezuelan food. Um, and I think everybody's doing a very good job in yeah. terms of um, exposure um, and spreading, you know, the, 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 the word, message, the yeah, word, the message yeah, yeah. Uh, about Venezuelan food. Yeah, no, I think there's lovely people doing good stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. so it's a nice little community you guys have got. And yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, it was interesting that you mentioned about uh, Colombians. Um, eating because when I came to eat there was like it seemed like there was loads of different um, 
like almost languages being spoken. There was loads of people, like the waiters were speaking Spanish to other to customers and stuff. And it seemed like a very like I don't know multinational um, place to come and eat because everyone's just having a good time and it's real good food. Yes, um, it is. It is quite funny that you mentioned that because from the beginning that has been our paramount mm-hmm. to introduce Venezuelan food to all Londoners. Mm-hmm. We, we we would never target yeah or Venezuelans or Venezuelans and Colombians, yeah, or yeah. the Latin American market. We always went for the whole market because um, I believe we believe in the concept. We believe on the uh, food flavors. And also, it's it just it just a good way, you know, to yeah, to, to, to expose to... the Venezuelan food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's a very distinctive, you know, as in regards to perhaps the other Venezuelan businesses. So, like... If you went and ate in their restaurant, it might be only Venezuelans. But if you come here, there's just people from from all over trying. Yes, and, and, um, and, and cool. there is nothing wrong on no, no, one style or the no, other no. one. It's just we decided. That's, that's your, just, yeah, yeah right. this is our style, and we believe it's a, it could be a very cosmopolitan, you know, concept. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you miss Venezuelan food-wise that you can't really get here, or do you think it's like really accessible and like the ingredients-wise and everything pretty good? <laughs> um. I think a little kind of fried dumplings called empanadas. Oh, empanadas. I love Yes. Um, so they're like almost like a pasty type because I've I've seen like Argentinian empanadas yeah. like they're, they're like similar of, to that. Yeah, but, similar. They do them in the oven. Yeah, For right. For us, it's fried, but oh. you need you know you have to have all the allergies and you need to have many fryers. Yeah, and right, it's like, right. And we are like, okay, well, maybe in the future. Maybe no, in the future. Not for now, yes. Yeah, so it brings a lot of operational issues in regards to uh, different type of fries for mm-hmm. um, perhaps meat feelings or yeah, vegetarian yeah, feelings yeah. or even vegan feelings. Yeah, no? right. Because that, that is a little bit uh, difficult. Uh, we'll, yeah, we hope you know someone someone else will do that and we go there and eat. Yeah, you, you can go there. And yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that would be you the thing is you can't do everything. No, no, everything. And, and if we do everything. We don't do anything well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because we we rather to be specific in terms of what, what we wanted to do yeah. and achieve. And what would your death row, row meal be? Like, what would what would you have to eat? Like, that one last time, what would it be? Well, you know what? It, that is very easy for me. <clears throat> uh, last time I, w- I went to Venezuela, I went to a steakhouse. But, uh, Venezuelan it, style. Venezuelan style. Um, what, what, what differentiates the Venezuelan style? Is it the cut of meat uh, or is it the... I, I'm, I don't really know. <laughs> but uh, I would choose that meal yeah. 10 times out of 10 times. It was just what they call a churrasco. Churrasco, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of a, a big chunk of meat with the fat yeah. on the side. Um, S- like, slow, anyway. like slow cooked over the fire. like. Yeah. Yeah. In the, yeah, in the charcoal. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, Venezuelan uh, barbecues are unbelievable. I mean, they have absolutely everything you can imagine. Mm-hmm. From black pudding to the best piece of beef and pork and mm-hmm. lamb and absolutely everything. But the amazing stuff are the sides yeah. because you have the, the boiled cassava, you have salads. Yeah, yeah. And then you have all the sauces and mm-hmm. then you have the vegetables in the grill as well. So it's like the whole feasting. So it's get. not just the meat. The meat, no, the meat no, no, is no, no. good, but it's everything else that sort of brings it together and makes the meat special as well. Yes, it's funny because when you go here, when you go to a meat restaurant, it's like you have the piece of meat on your plate and you're like, oh, you yeah. just imagine the rest of the stuff missing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's just our way, our way yeah, to do yeah. things, yes. And also in regards to the meat uh, itself, 
we don't have like the age. Yeah, right. You know, it's like cure. young. No, it's very yeah. What you sell, you yeah. know, pretty much. You know, from the farm to the plate, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. And and I don't know. I don't, perhaps they are not very um, complex or interesting. Yeah, you know, right. cats in terms of what are the standards right here. But for some reason, they taste Sometimes amazing. You, the meal that you eat in the location and who you're with makes the meal even spe- more special, doesn't it? I'm sure that's probably... Well, yeah, but I'll definitely, you know, if I'm... Well, if you know that I'm going to die tomorrow, please let me know. I will book a table. I will book a table now. You've got to fly yeah. yeah. And then... Okay, well, thank you very much for talking to me, guys. Um, yeah, cheers. Thank you for your time. Thanks. And... Thank you very much, Adam. That, cheers, was, that was great. Thank you. So that was the Old Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd really love to hear from you. For more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our new Italian-themed August issue now, or you can go and download the app version. Bye for now, and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.